What I offer though, you know, cost reduction or enhanced credit or any of the other business activities that I help is I like to make sure that the relationship is the start, but what I provide to them is measurable. Welcome to Get Unstuck and On Target, the weekly podcast that offers senior leaders insights and strategies to not only lead with confidence and vision, but also to achieve groundbreaking results. I'm your host, Mike O'Neill. I coach top-level executives on the power of ethical leadership to forge teams to be as united as they are effective. In each episode, join me for insightful conversations with leaders just like you, providing practical advice to help you get unstuck and propel you and your company forward. Let's get started. Joining me again is Thomas Gilman. Thomas is the founder of Driving Business Growth. He's a chemical engineer with an MBA. He has 40 plus years of in-depth experience in operations, project engineering, economic analysis, planning, strategy, and audit. In short, Thomas uses his experience to help businesses grow. You know, we've all heard of the golden rule. Today, I've asked Thomas to share his take on the Platinum Rule. Welcome, Thomas. Hey, thanks, Mike. It's great to be here. Really appreciate it. You know, it's been a while since you were on the podcast. Matter of fact, I think the episode number was in the 70s. And if my number system is right, we're at 159 as an episode. So if you do the math, this is a weekly podcast. You can see a lot has happened. Now, you and I have stayed in contact, and that's one reason I wanted to bring you back on. But for our viewers and listeners who saw and heard you then, give us an update. Kind of what's going on in your world? Sure. You know, the last time we talked, I was relatively freshly out of the corporate world and, you know, moving into helping businesses reduce their cost and, and grow in other ways. And uh, since that time, I've had a lot more clients, a lot more conversations, and I've met a lot of people out there trying to help businesses. And I can use them as resources, but the main thing that I do is listening to the business. You know, I'm not trying to force them into my primary thing, you know, one size fits all. I can fix their problem with this every time, you know, um, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm. And to me, you've got to listen to whether that's a nail or is maybe that's a Phillips head screwdriver. You know, it's like, what is the issue with the uh, business that you can help with? And maybe that's not even me. Maybe I introduce them to you. Maybe you are the solution that they need. And so that's my main thing that I've learned since we talked last time is listening to the business really helps get them what they need quicker. And whether that, if it's me, great, you know, I love that, love helping businesses. But if it's not, if it's somebody else that I know, I am very happy to uh, introduce them. Well, I can attest to that firsthand, Thomas, because over the last years that we've known each other, we've not met in person. Um, I'm in Georgia, you're in Texas. We've had multiple conversations and you have been kind enough to introduce me to folks who you meet who you believe just we should meet. Um, and that has been most fruitful. Matter of fact, that was the kind of the theme of the podcast episode we recorded back then. 
But what you did in doing so, Thomas, is you kind of modeled this notion of the the platinum rule. And when you and I were talking last, I kind of go, tell me more about that. And so may I take a moment? I'm going to read what I looked up and see to what extent you would agree with this definition. The golden rule is normally referred to as do unto others as you would have them do to you. In other words, treat other people in business and in life the way yourself would want to be treated. The platinum rule is a variation of the golden rule that calls for a more thoughtful approach when dealing with others. It asks that you do unto others as they would want to be done to them. In simple terms, following the platinum rule means making sure you know how the people around you want to be treated. What do you think about that definition? Does that kind of capture your take on it too? Yeah, that's really great. I I think that um, one of the things is the ease of which rules. So the golden rule, you know what you like personally. So it's really easy to portray that onto them. Oh, I like coffee. They're probably a coffee drinker. Let's offer them coffee. But the platinum rule says, ooh, they may hate coffee. Let's see if they're a tea drinker. Let's see what they're about. And so the whole emphasis changes from you trying to help them the way you would want to be helped toward you finding out first how would they want to be helped and then offering that. And so uh, it really changes the emphasis of getting to know the person before you offer help. And that's what the platinum rule is all about and, and why it takes a little longer you have to be a little more aware of the person that you're talking to. And then it also leads to a better relationship because they see that you're taking the care to not just offer them coffee. It's like, what's your favorite bre- beverage? Well, in a business setting, that getting to know somebody takes a lot longer. You know, it's, it takes more effort. It takes um, an open mind as to how you might be able to help them because if they're having um, like a business struggle of some time, it takes a while before they're going to open up. They're not just going to tell, you know, on the first phone call, they're just not going to want, you know, open their book of issues that you might be able to help them with. You have to establish the relationship, see what their um, background is and how they attack things, kind of know their personality more. So much more work, but so much more rewarding in that you're much more likely to offer them something that they want. You know, you mentioned that you were transitioning from a corporate role into um, owning your own business, advising other businesses. And to some extent, what you do for your clients and what I do for my clients is we're there to advise, but they're not going to take our advice until there's a relationship that's established, a relationship based on trust the nature of the kind of work you do. You help companies do the things they need to do to grow. Right. But the information that you probably need to be most successful is information that they might be kind of reluctant to divulge. Right. What are you finding? Are you finding that potential clients are just taking longer to embrace this idea of a relation and for trust? Does it take longer, in your opinion, than it used to, to establish these relationships? Well, so, I, you know, it's always, it depends, you know, the classic response. So, basically, there are some people that are ready to pull the trigger and 
doesn't matter the relationship. They hear of a product that you're offering and they say, yeah, I want to do that. Let's go. Those are very rare people. More likely is, yeah, you're going to have to take some time and it's going to take a little bit longer, but that relationship is going to last longer as well. So if you're just cold calling people, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, all day, that's not what I do. You know, I'm going to be not even probably getting to a yes, no thing for quite some time before I know their business issues and they open up a little bit then I can start to suggest things, you know, and, and not just the products that I am holding, but all the resources that I have. A lot of times that relationship yields somebody else's sale. And that's what the referral thing was all about. But the cool part about it is when you refer somebody that's stellar, like yourself, then that builds up the um, relationship so that maybe in the future, you might be able to help them with something that you sell. And so it's not being short-sighted. I guess that's the thing. You know, there's always another business to call on, but maybe this is the business that needs either your own help or somebody that you know. And isn't it more fulfilling to help somebody that needs that help? So yeah, it takes a little while longer. And especially on Zoom, you know, Zoom is a different thing than in-person. And so uh, the combination of those is going to lead to multiple meetings probably before they get comfortable. You know, as I think about the services you offer, there's a very much kind of a bottom line impact feel to it. One right. could say, well, if Thomas can deliver the results that I think he can, then this is more of a transaction. He'll come in, advise, I save the money. I pay Thomas. Um, and what I'm hearing you describe is that though it may take longer to enter into the relationship, you're finding that the types of relationships that you are entering into typically last longer. They're less transactional. Did I hear that right? Yeah, and it, very true. And even the ones that start out transactional, you know, it's my goal to build them into a more solid relationship that lasts longer. And that's not for additional you know, sales or upselling or anything else. It's a genuine wanting to see that business succeed because if they have me in things that they've tried and they're successful, well, I'm part of the, you know, I feel like I'm part of the reason that they've been successful. The thing about um, what I offer though, you know, cost reduction or enhanced credit or any of the other business activities that I help is I like to make sure that the relationship is the start, but what I provide to them is measurable. So concrete steps toward a measurable result means that this is not, you know, you hear about some consultants and it's just hand waving and maybe what they did helped and maybe it was circumstances. What I like to do is have a concrete result based on the steps that I provided so they see a cause and effect and can say, yes, you know, we hired Tom, this is what happened. And I'm not the consultant that says, well, I don't know if he helped or not, but it's felt good. You know, that's not my, my kind of thing. I hope it feels good for them for being, you know, more profitable and growing. That's what I'm trying to get them to do. What I like about you, Thomas, is that you have not only just an, a demeanor about you that's very easy, uh, you don't lose sight of what is it you're trying to do. You're trying to help. I've seen that firsthand. 
Let's go back to this platinum rule definition. Okay. Do unto others as they would want to be done to them. Right. And we're talking about that's a that's a higher level of commitment. Um, how have you found what approaches have you found work best to best understand what would be most meaningful to them? Right. So I would say it starts with the first discovery call. You know, just to see if there's any you know, um, availability for their business and what I can help them with. And in that call, I'm making sure that I'm cognizant that they are a business owner and by definition, very busy. Mm. So what I'm portraying that I would want, so this is back to the golden rule, what I would want from them is as little time as possible to get through this call. You know, it's 15 minutes. Can we do it in 15 minutes to see if, if another call is warranted? Well, that's the way I would want it. And often that's true. But a lot of times in that call, it turns out that they want to talk more about their business in that call. And so I'm open, you know, if they want to spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes going through things, I'm not going to be trying to get off the phone. I'm listening to them and how much time they want to spend. So that's just one example of, you know, I have how I would want to be treated but they may be having something different and I want to treat them the way they want it. Maybe they want to spend more time because they're at that point where a deeper conversation is already needed. And I'm saying, yeah, sure. You know, I, I will walk through as far as they want. So I'm, that's the first call, the discovery call. Um, it's called a lot of things, but basically let's say that they're um, typical and they, you know, spend 15 minutes and then we set up the second call. Well, I'm going to find out as much as I can to make sure that I have the best guess at what they want to talk about next. I don't want them to have to explain the ABCs of their business. I'll look that up online. Mm -hmm. And I think they really appreciate that. So if they want to go back to the ABCs, I'll listen to that. But if they want to just move ahead and, and, have a deeper conversation because I've gotten up to speed with them. That's me um, making an effort to treat them as they would like to be treated. So it gives them the option of how they want to be treated. And, you know, it, it's a, it's more work once again, but I think it's more productive and helps me understand how I can help them besides what I do. You know, and there might be contacts that I have that are nothing close to business growth, but maybe they need a, I don't know, an attorney or, or some other um, resource that I can help them with. Happy to do that. You know, as I'm listening to you, uh, the word listening just keeps kind of popping my mind. And that is, if you're really going to understand what's important to them, you really have to listen well. Right. What approaches to listening have you found works in this crazy, hectic, fast-paced environment? Exactly. And and I would say the number one technique is be quiet longer than you think you should. Mm -hmm. So you and I, when we talk, it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But when you're talking to someone and trying to get information out of them, a lot of times you don't have to jump in. Maybe they were just ready to tell you something significant. So just take the responses a little bit slower and they may feel that unease of quiet and fill it with something that allows you to learn more about them. And so I would say being genuine 
number one, and being being uh, able to listen so that you're not hogging, you know, kind of like in this meeting, I'm hogging the conversation. But that's not how you want to be when you're talking to a, a business and trying to figure out how you can help them. And I, I would say that uh, the businesses will start to talk about themselves in general. You know, that's not the hard part. The hard part is getting them to talk about uh, issues that you can help them with. And that's where the relationship building uh, takes a little bit longer. You were describing the the importance of letting them talk and resist the temptation to talk yourself. And uh, it kind of reminded me of something I'm finding in coaching. If, if I'm doing my job right, it's about the client. What is most important to them in that moment? My job is to listen closely, but ask questions that you can tell that they're pondering because there's this pause. And I have concluded that it's in the pause that the real change takes place. And I have to resist the temptation to interrupt that pause. Let them process the ahas they just had. And I don't know if I'm liking it in the same way, but by resisting the temptation to fill that void, to listen listen closely, and you're listening to not only what they say, but what they don't say. Right. What else are you listening for? Right. So it, you know, I've been at this a little while now, and I think it's important to differentiate that pause that that they're thinking of something and probably going to provide some valuable feedback after they talk about it with just an awkward conversation that you're not hitting it off with them. Mm. So these pauses need to happen after that uh, rapport is established and how, you know, after they realize that, oh, he's just not selling me something. He's, you know, really wondering how he can help me. Once that's established, then those pauses are significant. But if you're at the beginning of the call, don't have a relationship and there's these awkward pauses, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm. But that you need to make them feel comfortable, make them realize that you're there, you know, and hoping to help them. And, you know, just have a little fun with the conversation. You know, if you had a, a full business day of awkward conversations, that, that would be a long time. But I find when I meet people, it's a lot of fun. You know, you learn about really great people and, you know, sure they're busy, but, um, they have some really cool things that you're going to learn from and you're going to, you know, have fun with them. So that is the main thing is to keep it light. It's not the end of the world. You're not going to get a sale every call. That's not the goal. The goal is to build that relationship. And, and once you take that pressure off yourself that, oh man, I need to close this sale. It's a whole different world. And that leads to more sales eventually. The nature of the work you do for clients, it's diverse. Mm -hmm. But if you were to summarize, you help business owners, business leaders grow their business. As you've been out there doing this, what have you found to be perhaps the most common challenge that business owners are facing now? Right. I would say the most common is access to capital. And okay. we have some great Responses, but you know, I'm gonna 
like go beyond and say the second best they have, the second biggest thing is human resources. So mm-hmm. retaining people, developing people, the whole people side, dealing with conflict. And so that's why I love working with you because between us, we handle most of the big problems that businesses face these days. You know, one of the things about great relationship building with a business is you can go from treating them as you yourself would want to be treated, the golden rule, to the platinum rule, which is treating them as they would like to be treated. You know, you have to know how they would be treated. But the next step, the diamond rule, is treating them how they don't even know they want to be treated. Hmm. And you have to know somebody really well to anticipate, wow, they would love this next thing. And so if you know them well enough and you have you know a good re- relationship with them, you can start to exceed their expectations. And that is a great place to be because now they're they're thinking that you're going to do one thing and you do that in the way they want, but then you go beyond that and they're like, whoa, what just happened? This is awesome. And that's when you have uh, business relationships with people that are all, you know, getting more than they expect. That is a great, it's just a great feeling to be having that business relationship. Now you're not characterizing this in the way I'm about to say what I'm reading into this is that when you and when you bring to the conversation or to their awareness things that but they might not have even thought of mm-hmm. and you did that because you really try to put yourself in their shoes mm-hmm. that value you add to the relationship it's hard to quantify but it can't help but my thought is when you do that and you deliver that for your client then they're so much more prone to have you at top of mind when something pops up when they're talking to another business leader um, that and they and they do so very comfortably because they it's a way to kind of almost pay that forward for yeah. lack of a better term. Right. Um, I don't want to sound like it's transactional, but what I would say is that if your business is like mine, it's highly dependent on referrals, is that when someone says, I think you ought to talk to Tom, Tom has really gotten to know our business. He's gotten to know me. Matter of fact, he has even brought to my attention things I have not even thought about that really has made a difference. If they said those three sentences to someone, (laughs) odds are your phone's going to be ringing. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's the, so there's an ethics of reciprocity. When somebody does something great for you, you are just an ethical person would want to return the favor and not in a transactional way, but in a way that makes you feel good about yourself for returning the favor. And so I am not manipulative to think that that's what I'm getting at when I try to exceed their expectations. I'm doing it because I think it helps their business more than they can imagine. But the benefit as a business person is, yeah, that reciprocity, those referrals that come. And um, it's just a great feeling when you're able to help somebody 
they refer you and then you help them. And then those two talk about each other, about how you help both of them, you know, and then, then a whole conversation gets started about, wow, who else can we tell about this great thing that Tom does? You know, mm-hmm. that's like, that's a cool place to be. Yeah. I want to say this awkwardly, but what kind of crossed my mind as you're describing that, Thomas, is that when you are able to help someone, you are finding, you're actually finding value yourself. It adds meaning that you're able to help others. Yeah. And in today's world, when you can say what I do for others makes a difference. Yeah. That when you go to bed at night, you know that you have helped. It might not have resulted in a business for you, right. but it's helped them. And that that feeling of I've made a difference in their lives, I can't help but think can lead to a greater sense of just self-satisfaction as to what you do and how you do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, when I help a business, whether it means that money's flowing into my checkbook or whether it means that they're just doing better because I introduced them to somebody, I get the same great feeling either way. You know, what drives me is not you know, an, you know, another million dollars in sales. That, that's not it. It's more, let's try to get that feeling as often as we can, because it means we're helping as many people as possible. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, different people are driven by different things. And I find that what drives me is that satisfaction of helping others. Well, I know we're talking about the platinum rule and I'm speaking with someone who this just comes a bit more naturally then it might come to others. But you strike me as someone, Thomas, who just your demeanor is one in which people probably are not put off by you. You have a a less pushy um, way about what you do. Um, And as a result, it comes across to me as the reason why you can model the platinum rule is because that truly is an extension of who you are. You literally believe this at your core. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And, you know, also um, don't have a huge ego. It's not about me. You know, it's about helping that other business. And I think that helps uh, not only just the way I am naturally, but also I've tried, you know, sales techniques that are a little more pushy. Uh, it just doesn't feel right. And if I'm trying to, you know, behave the way they would like me to behave toward them, I can't imagine the person that was, man, I wish this guy was more pushy, you know? And and so uh, it's reinforcing it as I'm successful, it's reinforcing to just be myself, build that business relationship. And then if I can help them either through the products that I carry or other things, just my knowledge of business, anything, any tips or hints or other resources that I can provide, um, happy to do it. I want to take a little bit of a diversion just for a moment. Yeah, sure. And that is, like me, you came out of a corporate role right. into doing what you do. For those who are listening or watching this who are in corporate roles in the back mm-hmm. of their minds says, gosh, I would like to do what Thomas does or what Mike does. What is your probably go-to first piece of advice to those folks who are contemplating making such a move? I would say understand what networking is. In a, in a corporate world, networking is one thing. In the 
free market business world, networking is something totally different. And it took me a little time to see that difference and then become good at it. So yeah, I would initially start to think about external networking and get good at that. Once that's done, uh, sales techniques, running your own business, all those things is going to take a lot more energy than waking up, going to your corporate job. And even if your corporate job is taxing, having your own business is another level. <laughs> I, 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 we may have, I know you and I've talked about this offline. Um, I think there's some misunderstanding about self-employment. Um, it can be very rewarding, but it does require a lot of work because you got to do everything uh, that in the corporate world, you have other people who are actually doing that. As you look back on this experience thus far, you, know, you, you are the founder of driving business growth and you have available to your clients a variety of potential solutions uh, on that. Um, what inspiration do you have for those folks who are contemplating making such a move? Right. So I would be uh, intense and patient at the same time. So you, mm. you cannot take your eye off the ball of what you're doing because like you said, you're the only one involved. And so every day that you wake up and kind of waste half the day, that's an opportunity that's not going to come back. And so you need to keep your eye on the ball with that energy, but also be patient because it's not going to be overnight. It's not like when you're in a corporation and get a promotion and then you know everything's new and exciting, but you've got all those contacts from your company and most of it's the same. This is totally different. And so if you've had the opportunity to develop networks before you move out of the corporate world, then that puts you a little bit ahead. But yeah, just get ready for a, a whole learning experience and be humble, patient, but also keep your eye on the ball and energetic about it. Hmm, I love it. Very well said. Thomas, as you kind of reflect on the conversation we've had, we focus primarily on your interpretation of what the platinum rule is and why it's uh, important for us to understand it and act on that. What do you want to be the takeaways for our listeners? Right. I, I think the main thing is the more you can put the emphasis on the person across the table or across Zoom rather than yourself, you know, you have, maybe you have something to sell and you start talking about that thing. That person across the table is going to be hard to um, close with because they don't know you. They're not sure that you're genuine. But once you establish a business relationship and understand how they would like to be uh, sold or talked to, you're going to, your chances of success are going to be greater. So more work, but greater success. I guess that's what I would take away from the platinum rule. I love that, Thomas. If folks have been listening, they say, "God, man, I want to, I want to connect with Thomas. I'd like to sure. kind of learn more from him." What's the best way for them to do that? Right. So um, you can call me, email me. Uh, there'll be, I guess, uh, contact information at the bottom of this uh, website um, podcast. And yeah, just reach out. I, I'm happy to talk to folks and uh, help them through anything that they have or just give my advice. 
or learn from them. You know, maybe they have advice for me. I'd like to hear either way. So if you're driving or you're not, you can write that down. I've been speaking with Thomas Gilman. His business is called Driving Business Growth. We're going to be putting his contact information in the show notes. So if you'll go and look at those, you'll have all of that to include LinkedIn profile and the like. Thomas, I don't do this very regularly. You are a two-time podcast guest. I do so yeah. because you were such a great one last time, but two, yeah. you have so much to offer. Thank you for sharing who you are and how you go about taking care of your customers. All right. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be back. And, uh, you know, it'd be great to hear a little bit more about what you do. Well, maybe I can do I can answer that question because I'm about to close by talking about that a little bit. This is kind of a new sign-off. So you just served that up very, very well. So let me make a stab at that. Okay. If you're listening, I've got a question for our listeners. Are people following you because they have to or because they want to? As a leadership coach, I work with executives who have a track record of success behind them, but they're now feeling stuck. They're frustrated because they're finding that with each level of success that follows, the bar gets set even higher. They're discouraged because what worked in the past is no longer working. My clients, despite all their successes in the past, they're lacking the clarity, the confidence to make the decisions needed to get to that next level. So through coaching, we work together to unravel hidden blind spots, challenge limiting beliefs, and establish a strong sense of accountability. So if feeling stuck describes you or someone you know, let's talk. Go to bench-builders.com to schedule a call. So Thomas, again, thank you for that prompt on that. And I also want to thank everybody who's listening again for joining us. And I hope you have picked up on some quick wins from Thomas. They'll help you get unstuck and on target. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Get Unstuck and On Target. I hope you've gained insights to help you lead with confidence and drive your organization forward. Remember at Bench Builders, we're committed to your success, your leadership excellence, and your strategic growth. If you've enjoyed our conversation today, please leave a review, rate, and subscribe to keep up with our latest episodes. This show really grows when listeners like you share it with others. Who do you know who needs to hear what we talked about today? Until next time, I encourage you to stay focused on the target and continue to break new ground on your leadership path.